Missy here with a brief message for Bryce. I can't think of any better change than putting the first woman ever on the Bryce Isaiah Zaddy calendar. It's progressive. It's the change we need to see. I'm hot, athletic, hot. Why wouldn't I be your 2021 Zaddy? It's a, it's a, it's a Zaddy on the Purple Pants podcast. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah. I'm so excited you decided to tune into this week's episode. Welcome to my Purple Pants Posse. What's poppin'? And welcome to all our new listeners. Before we get into this podcast, if you could do me a favor, make sure you subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you can subscribe to a podcast podcast at make sure you write your baby boy a review give me some five star ratings i love to read what you write it helps me grow the podcast and give you the content that you want i'm so excited to be recording another episode so what's been going on how's everyone doing everyone staying safe i know the summer is kind of coming to an end first of all when did the summer start okay because that's what i'm trying to figure out how the summer about to come to an end and i feel like the summer just started Well, you ask how I've been doing, you know, you know, you want me to say it. Do you want me to say it? Do you want me to say it? Oh, you do? Uh Uh-huh. Busy. Busy. Busy as a core. Busy as a T. Busy as a core. Busy as a T. I'm busy as a quarantine. B, B, B. Busy as a quarantine. B, B, B. I'm busy as a quarantine. B, B. Oh, no reggae. I'm busy as a quarantine. B, B, B. I'm busy as a quarantine. Okay, all right. Now, I tried to do a little reggae mix. I don't know if the reggae mix came out, but yes. Yeah, baby boy has been busy as a quarantined bee. Well, listen, I really wasn't a quarantine bee this round because I was a road trip bee. Yes. So for the past, I want to say like five, almost six days, I went on a road trip with my good friend Wendell, Wendeezy, my brother, Wendell Holland, and Joey Hatch. Wendell has his company named Beave Unlimited where he makes furniture out of reclaimed wood and he makes anything tv stands tables nightstands beds everything anything you want that can be made baby boy wendell can do so at least twice a year wendell does a annual trip from philly to atlanta where he makes deliveries and so he asked me to come and i was like i don't know if i can come because you know i got work to do you know your baby boy trying to keep a job keep the lights on so i was a little apprehensive about going due to covid due to work and so i was like could not give him an answer and then literally like the day before window was like i don't know what you're doing but you're going so i essentially was kidnapped okay somebody somebody could have helped me along the way i was kidnapped for the last couple of days 
But yes, I went on the road trip with Wendell and Joey. So we drove from Philadelphia to Atlanta. And all along the way from Atlanta, we had deliveries in D.C., in North Carolina, and in Atlanta. And it was so much fun. Now, I got to be honest, because you know I'm very transparent here on the Purple Pants Podcast. I was a little nervous about going on a trip for a multitude of reasons. I'm like, I've got work to do. And I'm like, I don't want to be in a car all this time with Wendell and Joey. They're going to think I'm crazy. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let my anxiety, I'm not going to let the crazy thoughts in my head stop me. I'm going to go and experience the Beeve experience. I've been dying to get on the road with my friends and just kind of like see what's up. And as an adult, I don't think that I've ever really been on an adult road trip. Like I've gone like maybe two hours places to cabins and like, you know, uh, what you call it? Like to the beach, to the mountains with friends but I've never I haven't been on like a road road trip the last road trip I actually can think of I was like a real road trip was when my late brother Bevan he went to college he went to St. Augustine and Raleigh North Carolina and we as a family like my mom my sister my stepdad my first stepdad not John but my first stepdad Mr. Jim my brother Brendan uh, my cousin and my nephew Justin we all did a road trip to North Carolina to take my brother Bevan to school so that was literally like the last road trip and it was a funny story uh because like my sister is like one of my best friends and so we're like so alike and so not alike so i was in the car with my sister because i'm like i want to listen to the music and my sister had an ultima at the time it was so much fun because i i would have been like 11 or 12 and so me and my sister listened to the same type of music so it was so much fun but of course me and my sister are so much alike that we got into a fight and i forget what the fight was but it was so funny because on the ride back me and my sister, whatever we were fighting about, I was like, whatever, I'm not riding with you. I'm going to ride with mommy. And so, like, my sister was so petty that she, like, threw my pillow in my mom's car. Like, I just funny. So that was literally the last road trip that I could remember. So there's just something about a road trip and especially like with your brothers that I was excited about. And for me, you know, I'm always talking about this openly gay black man. And sometimes I talk about my friendships with like heterosexual men, how sometimes I I don't have many or as an adult. So I was excited to kind of like bond with Wendell and Joey on a different level. And I was just like hoping that everything would go well, but everything went more than well. It was so much fun. I, I really got a better appreciation for Joey. Joey is crazy. He gets me. He just like just the little things that I say or I might say something under my breath and Joey will hear it and we'll just crack up. So it was just so much fun. I can't say so much fun on this road trip a thousand times, but I literally just there was no need for me to like have anxiety about this trip. The trip was also so inspiring because be, to be able to see Wendell in his element of work and to have him interact with his customers, to see how much they loved the pieces that he made was truly inspiring for me to just be like, I want to step my craft up. I want to have these type of experiences. Another inspiring thing about the trip was I was so surprised at how organized the trip was. Now, anybody that knows Wendell, he's very like type A person. He needs a itinerary. We got to have like a time frame. We got to get up at this time. We got to do that. So before the trip started, he sent this itinerary out, which I thought was great because for me, it lowered your baby boy's anxiety. I could see, but I I don't know what it is. Normally, I'm always on time. I'm very punctual. But when it comes to like Wendell and stuff, I always am like running late. So, of course... A couple of deadlines. I was a little late for leaving the hotel, getting up and getting ready. And they're banging on my door like, let's go. Hurry up. Let's go. Let's go. I'm like, well, let's see. I, I, 
I'm still, I got to send these emails out. I still got to do a little stuff. Regardless if I was a little late or not, it still was such an exciting trip. Now, another thing that pissed me off was, so Wendell drove his car and then he attached a trailer to it. And so the drive from Philadelphia to Atlanta is about, give or take, 12 hours. You know, depending on how you drive, might be 10 hours. So we were like, we'll take turns. Each person can do four hours. So on the ride down, Wendell drove first. Then it was Joey. So why when it gets to me, Purple Pants Posse, uh, when like I'm like, okay, I'm ready to drive. Wendell's like, no, you just can't drive. I, we got to see if you could drive or not. Excuse me. I've been, you know, I'm in my early to late 20s to early 30s. I've been driving for a period of time. I, your baby boy know how to whip a car. Now, mind you, I never drove with a trailer on the back of the car. I got to tip my hat off to all the tractor trailer drivers, the truck drivers, the bus drivers, because that thing is a little difficult to navigate. But I didn't realize in order for me to drive, I had to take uh, the Wendell Holland driver test. So he pulls over to a gas station and then lets me get in the driver's seat and then gives your baby boy a series of like tests. Like, OK, go out and turn and uh, like, boy, I'm not. Where's the highway? Where Siri, get the GPS on because we getting on 85 and we going to Atlanta. OK, so I had to like pass a test like your baby boy can't drive. But I will say a couple of times it's hard I, to anyone that's ever drove in, uh, driven a U-Haul that's like hatched on the back. It's hard because you be driving straight and then you look in your first of all, you can't use your rear view mirror you got to use your side mirrors right so i'm looking at my side mirrors and i'm looking straight at the road and i'm like okay we driving straight i'm good and then i look in the back and the the, the trailer is in the other lane i'm like oh my god let me get it over and so i was trying not to let them see that happen because then they'll be like oh no bryce pull over Needless to say, your baby boy pulled my weight and drove my shift. Now, another thing that was pissing me off a little bit because everyone in the car, Joey, me, and Wendell, we all are, have a very eclectic playlist, right? So the rule was when everybody drives, you get to pick your playlist. So you know me, your baby boy was ready. I wanted to take them back to the 90s, to the 2000s. So they was filling my playlist a little bit. And then my little jam from 3 I'm getting a little tired of your broken promise, promises. Looking at your pages, seeing different numbers and numbers. They like, oh no, cut that off, cut that off. Excuse me, we gonna jam to some 3LW on this road trip, okay? So they weren't too happy with my playlist, to say the least. But oh well, my playlist had little Tony Braxton on it, okay? My playlist, you know, my playlist had little Kim, okay? So it was so much fun, uh, just to experience all of that. And then what I loved again, my. It ain't nothing I did not like about this trip. So I'm going to keep saying what I loved and what I liked. But another inspiring moment for me on this trip was that throughout the stops, we stayed in D.C., we stayed in North Carolina, and Atlanta. And when we were in North Carolina, we stayed at Wendell's family's house, his cousins, and they have like a multi-million dollar home. Now, your baby boy ain't used to staying in multi-million dollar homes. Well, I'm talking about like seven bathrooms, six bedrooms, a theater room. It was just so inspiring when we were in North Carolina because I'm like, wow, like this is what I want my home to look like. And then when we got to Atlanta, we stayed at his college friend Angie's house and Angie has two young sons and her husband and her house is a multi-multi-million dollar house in Atlanta and it was just recently built. And baby, if any of y'all saw my stories, okay, the bathroom in Angie's house was so amazing. I'm like, hi, Angie, I know. And it was so weird because Angie... And I feel like we know each other just from like social media and always hearing Wendell talk about her and Wendell always talking about me to her. So she already knew when I got there, she had put 
Joey and Wendell in the basement and she gave the queen, you know, my own queen space, my own bathroom, my own bedroom. It was nice. But she was like, I know you like baths. So let me show you my master bathroom. And baby, first of all, let's talk about the master bathroom. I would say her master bathroom is probably the size of like where I live now. Okay. It just was like a closet. Then you got the, the own room for the toilet. And then the bathtub it was like a soak bathtub. And she was like, I know you like to take baths. So if you want to take a bath, he like feel free. Listen, I might be shy when I meet, meet people and I might be like, hi, but listen, you say your baby boy could take a bath. Whoo. I was in that bathtub for about three hours, okay? They were downstairs, like, watching a movie and, like, having wine. I, ba- Baby, I had to refill the tub with hot water because I just love to soak. And where I live now, I don't really love my bathtub because it's, like, kind of low to the ground. My shower is amazing, but I don't love my bathtub. And since Wendell has moved, I can't take a bath in his house like that. And, you know, with my mom in Delaware and COVID, I haven't been over there. So I, I haven't enjoyed a, a bath in a long time. But, ooh, the bath, baby. Ooh, 10987654321. Ooh, I'm, I'm getting flashbacks. I'm getting flashbacks. She had the bubble bath. And, you know, I already knew she had a nice bath. So I brought me some Epsom salt. Anybody ever take a bath? So some Epsom salt, baby. It was just so amazing. And just the hospitality of, you know, Wendell's family and friends to just offer their home to us while we stayed there. And not just offer their home to us, but just make us feel so welcome. Like, you know, people say, make yourself at home. No, they really meant like, make yourself at home. They're like, we got eggs and bacon in the refrigerator, wherever you want. Angie's husband was like, you you like tequila? Bitch, does a fish like water? Yes. So they, it was just so amazing. It was kind of sad to leave. Another thing that was interesting about being in the South was that like, you know, with COVID-19 and it's just... I, well, I'm in Philadelphia and so for us if we want to go out to eat a lot of places are not open and if they are open they have to have like outdoor seating or it's takeout well baby in Atlanta sh- listen the world is open so it kind of definitely made me a little nervous in the sense of like uh, with this COVID-19 and, and what is the appropriate way to stay safe but we definitely you know tried to stay as safe as possible you know washed our hands had our mask and then that was just another thing you then you go and you walk into a restaurant with a mask on and everyone's sitting down without a mask on and then you ask for outdoor seating and then they say okay you can wait here but it's like i want to wait here i want to wait outside but it, it just was a lot and it also just speaks to the culture of our country right now and However, we tried to stay safe. And at one time, we were going to go out. And so one of Wendell's friends was like, hey, we can go to the spot, baby. We went to the spot. They had an outdoor patio and an indoor lounge with like hookah. And you know your baby boy love a hookah. You know if I get a hookah, baby will take a hookah and I'll be on my Instagram like. So this one spot that we were going to go to because it had an outdoor patio, we drove, drove past it and there was a line to get in. And they were like packed in like sardines and nobody had a mask on we baby we said we're gonna just drive on by we're gonna go back to angie house and drink some wine it just is so surreal as into like people's approach to like covid and you know me i try to stay as safe as possible still living life and still trying not to let it affect how i live my life but there's definitely a difference uh from how they are handling it down south and how we're handling up north and just honestly i just want everyone to be safe honestly i want this all to be over and i want us to 
all go back to like living normal lives. But it's just important for everyone to stay safe during this time. And so that was like a major point of con- not contention, but just something that we were aware going into Atlanta, knowing that Atlanta is such a hot spot. But listen, we had our mask. We had our hand sanitizer. We were washing our hands. Babies, baby boys was not playing despite it all. And with everything going on, we still had such an amazing time. It was such a fun trip. I'm happy to be a part of the B family and anything that I can do to help support Wendell, you know I'm there for it. So it was just so much fun and I I got a better appreciation for Joey who's always been such an ally and a great friend of mine but an even better friend now. Like, you know, I don't even consider them friends. I consider them my brothers. But listen, let me just also tell you this. Now, I said everything went off without a hitch but listen, in this car game, Wendell and Joey like to play this farting game and baby boy, I'm not with the farting game. Okay, we would stop to get something to eat, and then Joey would be like, "Oh, you know what's gonna happen in ten minutes?" And we'd be like, "What?" Then ten minutes later, Joey would be like, "I'm like, ah, uh-uh, ah, what? Right next to me?" Then twenty minutes later, Wendell would be like, "I'm like, ah, uh, is this a flagellation party? I don't participate in it." Okay, but you know your baby boy was like, "Okay, I got one better for y'all." <laughs> okay, the way that car was smelling, Chile. Chuleg, baby. Whew. But it was such a fun time. And it just was just a great summer experience. And I was just so glad that I was able to get out of Philly. And I'm sorry for such the long story. But I just could not go on with this podcast without telling y'all what your baby boy was doing on a road trip. So let me know if you guys have ever taken a road trip. Let me know if you guys ever played the fart game that I did not participate in. Let me know if any of y'all ever drove with a hatch on the back. And you driving in a hatch in the other lane. And you like, ooh, chill Because I want to know. So make sure you DM me. Send me a message and let me know about your road trips because I love to hear these messages. But all right, that's my story. Busy as a bee. Now, let's talk about what's popping on this podcast. So on this week's episode, we've got our church announcements. And on the menu this week, since it was backed by popular demands, I've got Ahmad Aldwin back on this episode, giving us the casualty on what's going on with Big Brother. I'm also covering Real Housewives of Potomac. We've got advice with Bryce this week and Freak of the Week. And I got a good one this week. So listen, make sure your gas tank is full. Make sure the air condition is on. Make sure you got your seatbelts on because we getting ready to start this road trip. For this week's church announcements, I just have two church announcements that I'm super excited to talk about. So my first church announcement is that I recently teamed up with a clothing company called Boldies. Now, you may have recognized Boldies from Wendell wore some of their shorts on season 40, and they have asked your baby boy to be a model. And I was like, yes. And it was such a great timing because when they asked to do a photo shoot, it literally was on the day of my Purple Pants podcast, one year anniversary. 
anniversary. And so I was so excited to talk about that during the photo shoot. And they were like, well, listen, uh, for your anniversary, let's give out 15% to your listeners. So listen, Purple Pants Posse, if you go to Boldy's website, www.boldies.com, and when you check out, you see anything you like, you know, in that discount code, type in purple, and you can get 15% off your purchase. Thank me later. Now, one thing that I love about this company is that it's black owned and you know me I love to amplify melanated voices I think that's just so important um they're here here excuse me in Philadelphia but they are from Benin West Africa and so they kind of sort of bring the little bit of pizzazz and style from West Africa into America and with their patterns they're so bright they I, I love a bright color and I love a bright pattern their shorts are amazing they've got different kind of lengths of shorts but you know your baby boy love a short above the knee they fit great you know I, I like to say I'm slim thick I'm you know a little fuller and some places and the way they fit me is amazing their pieces are definitely unique but meant to appeal to a broad range of cultural backgrounds Another thing that makes them so unique is that they really go out of their way to source their fabric and materials from local retailers as opposed to wholesalers and that way kind of everyone benefits in the global trade. They're really big on the environment so they really aim to kind of like put the brakes on global warming by salvaging the environment by using eco-friendly materials and another thing that is near and dear to my heart is that they are working with NGO or NGO or stands for non-governmental organizations to start directly contributing to their mission to empower and equip young pupils to become independent self-starter entrepreneurs and so I just think that that's so great and and talking with Gene Patrice, he really talked about how a lot of the money that they make, they send back to West Africa to really help support their community and, you know, to help build entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs. And so for me, that was just so near and dear to my heart. So I said, listen, I got to tell my purple pants posse about Boldies. So make sure you check them out. www.boldies.com. You know, your baby boy got some fly photos with some fly shirts. OK, they hooked your baby boy up and I just love it because, you know, I'm bright, I'm colorful and I, I just love to get behind a brand that not only speaks to me but speaks to the values that I find important so make sure you guys check Boldies out they're on Instagram if you go to Instagram you might see some photos of me and Wendell and make sure you let them know the Purple Pants Podcast sent you Next on my church announcements, I just, you know, I got to let y'all know the the 2021 Zaddy calendar, they selling like hotcakes. They are selling like hotcakes and I am filling all of the orders this week. So thank you so much to everyone that has purchased their Zaddy calendar. It's very near and dear to my heart. And in a few weeks, I'm going to kind of make an announcement about some things that are very personal to my life that I, uh, which has really driven me to want to continue the Zaddy calendar. But I'm going to talk about that a little later but I just want to let y'all know the Zaddy calendars are on sale you can go to Bryce-Isaiah.myshopify.com and get your Zaddy calendars because they're going like hotcakes okay I'm listen I'm telling y'all now
You know, last year they sold out and somebody, y'all was like, I ain't get it. I get it. Well, I'm telling you now they here. And so I just, I'm filling the orders this week. So I just want to thank you guys so much for your support on my Zaddy calendars. I love it. And I love that it is now a staple in the survivor community. Now your baby boy already got to be working on 2022. Okay. Cause listen, I'm trying to get past 2020 as fast as we can. And that's going to conclude this week's church announcements. Now let's get into this podcast. It's a man who is a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who is a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. And keeping the rolling, okay? Baby, I'm back by with the man in my big creative voice, okay? <laughs> We did a little preview and I, I feel like it was well received. So I have Ahmad back with me to break down this big brother scene. Now y'all know I've been on a road trip, so I ain't really been following, but I, I seen <laughs> enough. I read some text messages mm, and I, ooh, but I, uh, yeah, so I'm excited. So first of all, what's going on with you and my house? Everything. Welcome back to the Purple Pants Podcast. Thank you for having me back. And I'm glad that, uh, all of you listeners, uh, wanted to be back. This is really, really fun the last time. So I'm glad that I got a chance to come back and give you guys all of the uh, the casual tea from this season. Um, I've been good. I've been, you know, trucking along this past week in the Big Weather House. has been a little it's been a little something. But, you know, we're going to make it through. I mean, this isn't the first time that the week hasn't been that satisfactory for fans. So I'm kind of used to it at this point. But, you know, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. I'm trying to be optimistic. And then, real quick, did you just coin our little thing, the casual tea with Ahmad? Okay. The casual tea. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, it works. I can get down with some wordplay, casualty. Okay, I like the little casualty. I mean, I like the tea, and I like the casual, because you know me, you devote... (laughs) 13 days out of a seven day week to Big Brother and I really can just devote a, a day and a half so I'm all here for the casual tea not 13 days uh, <laughs> yes. man hey I'll take it I'll take okay. it <laughs> I mean, because, you know, you like your live feeds. You know, you got the tweet with the live feeds. Then you watch the regular show. Then you take a shower. And you said you mount your phone in the shower so you stay up to date with the live feeds and all yeah, of that. You got to you know. gotta stay on top of everything, man. Like, and you got to watch them live. You got to watch them edited uh, episodes because you got to know if they trying to lie to the casuals or not. You know what I mean? That's what I'm here for because these yeah. edits sometimes can be a little misleading. And I don't like that. I like for us to be truthful. Okay. We need to be we need to be honest. Yeah. Well, here on the casual tea, you know, Ahmad gives it to you honest, real, and raw. So what's poppin', baby boy? Fill me in. All right. So I feel like the last time that we left off, Memphis had just become the HOH. Um, He went ahead and put David and Nicole Anthony on the block. Those two were from the same season, last season. Um, And uh, we were hoping maybe Nicole Anthony would be able to pull herself off the block. But that was not the case because Memphis not only won HOH, but he won the veto as well and because he's in an alliance with tyler christmas danny nicole franzel and cody uh they decided as a group that nicole was probably the best person to go because the big target for next week well meaning this week is janelle Janelle, like the ultimate BB queen. This is her fourth time playing. She has now broke the record for the most days in the Big Brother house this past week. She's enemy numero uno, 
they all want her out. And since Nicole Anthony is a bit associated with her, like Janelle has been going to bat for Nicole Anthony all week, you know, trying to get her to stay, trying to get David up out of here. And they didn't like that. They're like, if you're associated with Janelle, then you got to go. So Nicole was kind of caught in this weird place because she didn't fully trust Janelle, she felt like Janelle was actually didn't have her back and Janelle was out here spreading lies about her when really Janelle and her friend Kaser were like, no, we got to keep Nicole in the house. We got to keep Nicole in the house. We got to keep Nicole. There's this really weird disconnect, right? Where Nicole is out here saying, oh, I'm not with Janelle, but Janelle is out here being like, we need to keep Nicole. And so they're like, okay, let's just get her out of here. Um, and of course, another big uh, moment of contention this week was with Davon because a lot of people were a little, they didn't quite understand why she was making this once again a quote-unquote race thing because she, you know, she sort of had a hard time trying to reconcile the fact that black men routinely, well, black people in general routinely don't do very well on this show. The last time a black man even made it to jury was like Kevin's season, which was season 11, which was uh, nine, oh no, 11 years ago at this point. So she's just sort of like, I'm, I know that maybe there's a, a, a piece of me that thinks that Nicole might be better for my game, but at the same time, and she's going to have a conversation with Kevin. It was all she's like, I just feel like, you know, on the outside world, black men are targeted. And I, it just makes, I just, it doesn't sit right in my soul to have to do this to him so early in the game. And to be honest, a lot of people were throwing flack at Davon, but honestly, neither one of them are great allies. Nicole's not really a great ally. David isn't a good ally either because Davon tried to ask him if he was in an all-boys alliance and he wouldn't even come clean with her about it. So it's not like she really had a good option either way. So it seemed like, you know, she let her heart kind of get in the way and be like, well, you know, I just feel like I can't, I don't want to get rid of David right. because it just doesn't feel right. And on top of that, people, she doesn't want to be associated with Janelle either because, like I said, She's, like, considered enemy numero uno, so if Nicole is going to be up with Janelle, then she's got to go. So, Nicole is going to be the one that ultimately leaves the house uh, last Thursday, and yeah. This is uh, Coco Caliente. So I I was like trying to, on my road trip this week and weekend, I was like kind of sort of staying up to date with like the live tweets because that really mm-hmm. helps me thanks for the tip. And when that Davon situation was coming up, it really kind of rang true for me because, you know, more recently I've spoken out about how I feel about, you know, reality TV and the, the representation of people of color, mm-hmm. uh, of queer people. And I just, in reading what Davon had said, you know, choosing her gameplay over her morals. It really just, as black contestants on these reality shows, I think that sometimes our counterpart people, our white people, or people of non-color, they don't realize the sacrifice. And again, everyone's like, oh, why do you always have to make it about race? Well, baby, it ain't about race when every day of our life, this is what we live, this is what we eat, so this is what we know. And mm-hmm. it's like, routinely on shows like this and Survivor, we have to choose, do we want to do well in this game? Or or do we want to like make our community proud? Do we want to do well in this yep. game? Do we like, and yep. I don't feel like a lot of the people that are non color brothers and sisters really take into consideration. And I understand it's a game and I get that, but like they don't understand the weight and the gravity that it weighs on us that we have to make these decisions that they don't. Mm-hmm. They could just go out and play the game. They could go willy nilly. They can go Coco Caliente if they want. And it, it is what it is. But for us, mm-hmm. there's such more ramifications. And because especially like on Big Brother, it's normally like only one female, one black male, even on Survivor. Like when there are more than one person of color and God forbid we sit next to each other, God forbid we talk to each other, then we automatically become this Mm -hmm. huge target. Yeah. So 
again, when I continue to champion for diversity and inclusion, we need more people of color. Like, I would love to see a Big Brother or a Survivor where there are so many people of color that you don't know who's in the alliance or you just don't assume because exactly. I'm talking to somebody that we're in alliance because we black. Like, I, like that rubs my, ugh, that grinds my gear. But I understand it. I get it. But it's still like sometimes when people and a lot, I, I've gotten a lot of slack recently about, you know, talking, speaking up in like what I want to see and how I feel like it should be. And people are like, it's not about race. It's a microcosm. Bitch, it ain't a microcosm of the world. Okay, this is a game, a reality show. Y'all can make it how you want to make it. And so it just is, it's frustrating. But to see my girl, Day Day, uh, be able to kind of like, to talk about that and to really kind of like, and to open the door for the conversation, I think it's really good for the community. And hopefully like, you know, the mm-hmm. producers and people are listening. But um, yes. that's my two cents. But yeah, because it, it, it just bothers me as somebody that is a black queer. And, you know, for me on my season of Survivor, even though this is the casualty of Big Brother, but, you know, I, I gripe with that. And I always mm-hmm. wonder, like, did I go home early because I was black and I was gay and that was just the easy target for them because they all had commonality and they could just be like, OK, we don't really understand him. So he could go. And exactly. that's a real thing. Yeah. And that's and that's not me like and another thing. I don't know. Is this casual tea or casual therapy? But I mean, both. An- <laughs> another thing that bothers me is that when I speak up about things like this, people are like, oh, you suck at Survivor. OK, bitch, that's not what I'm saying. Like, I I, I know how I fared. I know what happened. Like, I'm, I'm very aware of that. Like, I, I, I'm not blind. But what I am saying mm-hmm. is that, like, imagine if I had a, a female of color or a black man on my tribe. Like, I just wonder what would have happened then. And and so uh, just constantly, like I, what mm-hmm. I see in Big Brother, I, I see similarities. Now, let me ask you this question, because you know you're the almanac of Big Brother. Have we ever had a, a, a black male winner? No. Oh, oh never. Gee, have we ever had a black female winner? For Big Brother proper, no. For Celebrity Big Brother, but, yes. Is when yes, Tamar Braxton Tay, Tay, Tay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the regular, regular, regular. And then, let me just ask you this question. Have we ever had a gay Big Brother winner? Yes, we have. It's unfortunate I'm, I'm, because it's like with one of the most widely regarded worst seasons of Big Brother because of all the oh. racism. Um, but Andy Heron is our first openly gay winner, season 15. So what was that? And Seven I, I'm years a, ago. I'm just going to go out on a limb. Was he a cisgendered white male? He was. Uh, mm-hmm. You pegged it. Okay. How'd you know? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you know, you know, just, I'm trying to, get, you know, the casual tea. So again, and how many, and we're on season 25 of Big Brother? Season 22. Oh, chat and added three more seasons. Okay. I mean, but, but hey, yeah. we, might, we might be in the same spot three seasons later. Listen. So. <laughs> and so, again, I just like try to just draw to people to that, like, okay, you could say what you want, but like numbers don't lie. And in 22 seasons, no person of color. And for me, as mm-hmm. a new fan of the show, how many people of color that I see when I tweet, that tweet me back, that have become my like big brother. T- like the, the community of Big Brother is widely diverse and there's so yep. many young Young black and like Latino and Asian player like fans and so many like black queers but it's just like well why aren't we being represented on the screen and why aren't we in the winner positions as much as well too but alright no I mean you raise a lot of points and questions that people have been raising for a while now I don't understand it because from my timeline from the things that I see online there are plenty of black fans uh, people of color fans like there are plenty of them and we just continue to see the regular routine casting choices and a lot of people they make the excuse oh well they're trying to make it mirror how it is in society so I'm like okay so we're trying to replicate the racism that we already see on the Uh, outside so so you better game like yes 
Like, do what, you realize make it that- what it should be? Make it what you want. Make it what we want the world to be like. That's right. that is what I always say when people say it to that, like the microcosm of the world. Make it what we always be like. But uh, child, but don't let Drake come on. Okay, then don't, don't let y'all bop <laughs> to Drake. Oh, child, listen, don't get me started. But okay, it's so crazy. my girl, right? Again, I just I just wanted to draw that attention to it because that's I just been noticing that as we've been going on, and I'm just like mm, I don't want to like make it a thing, but it seems like it is a thing, and I I, I would be remiss if I did not like share my opinions and my right. thoughts on it. Listen, <laughs> so my girl Coco Caliente went home. No, not not Coco. Oh. Nicole, not Nicole Anthony. Nicole Franz was still in the house. So Nicole, okay, no, which is which is good now because now we can just now you know that Coco is still in there, and that's the only Nicole in the in the house now. But yeah, okay. it was Nicole Anthony from last season that got the boot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now Tyler, this past Thursday, curly hair, curly he, hair, curly hair. Yes, he won Hoh within one point of Janelle. Janelle was so close to getting HOH and this would have been an entirely different week but unfortunately Tyler won and because like I said Janelle is numero uno on the uh, on the hit list and her friend Kaser they're both from this they both played together twice already they played in BB6 back in 2005 and in BB7 the first all-star season back in 2006 so they've been they've been friends for a long time they've all they're always nominated together so this is like their fourth time hitting the block together because Tyler nominates both Janelle and Kaser and the unfortunate thing is Devon Bailey they believe that they're in this really, really good alliance, but really, all of their alliance members are talking about setting them up to be the next one to go after Janelle and Kaser are out of the mm-hmm. house, and they don't quite see it yet. They think that they are still in good um, with their big alliance, because, like I said, they've been seeing, you know, talking to Janelle, they've been seeing talking to Nicole, because Nicole was trying to save herself, and that alliance caught on to it, and so, you know, what they did was, okay, so you got Danny, you got Nicole Franzel, you got Christmas, you got Tyler, you got Enzo, and you got Cody. They thought, oh, well, we don't want Devon and Baby to get attracted to Janelle's side of the house, so let's make this fake alliance with them called the Slick Six, and that'll keep them placated, and they'll think, okay, we're good with this team, and we shouldn't have to worry about them defecting. And that seemed to do the trick, because like I said, Devon and Bailey don't understand that they're going to be out the door once Janelle and Kaser leaves. Now, there is still time for things to shift. The things in the Big Brother house shift all the time. But for the time being, Janelle and Kaser are on the block. Tyler um, and the rest of the... Uh, people in the veto competition they played on saturday cody won the veto so do not expect the veto to be used because cody's a part of that big alliance either janelle or caster will be leaving the house come thursday we don't know which one quite yet probably janelle is leaning more towards her but like i said things shift back and forth and people's motivations can change on a dime so that's where we're at right now we're kind of just waiting until thursday to see what's going to happen who's going to become the next hoh we really need somebody like caster or janelle whoever which one of them stays they need to win bailey needs to win devon needs to to win like all these people that are on the outside of this big alliance they need to win or it's just going to be more of the same and that's kind of where we're at right now now let me ask you this what about my baby boy ian how is he doing ian is in more danger than i think that he realizes he's definitely fine for maybe the next couple of weeks um memphis was the one that wanted to get him out last week but he got saved by that twist so he kind of was able to like kind of sit back and you know sit back again but i mean he did form an alliance i think it was with danny cody and nicole f they called it four prime ian thinks that it's like for real for real but like i said cody danny and nicole f they already are in like a 
big alliance already. So, like, right. that's really just another thing to kind of keep Ian feeling safe. And I feel like Ian really hasn't been doing that much around the house. I feel like he actually believes that that alliance is rock solid for him. And, he, I mean, he has reason to believe that because he and Nicole, they, they're the only two winners of the season. So, he thinks that as long as I'm with her, I'm going to be safe because she's not going to get want to get rid of me because if they get rid of me, then I'm going to come for her. A bigger because target, be the, right. Right. So, he feels a little safe right now, but he really shouldn't. So, and he almost won HOH as well. Like, he was in the lead, then Tyler took the lead, and then Janelle almost beat Tyler. So, he was almost in power this week, but he's, I, I fear for him. I fear for him a little bit. I don't know what's going to happen if he doesn't wake up a bit. Now, do you like Ian? Where's Ian on your BB scale? Oh, I love Ian. Ian okay, is, all right. Ian is one of my favorite winners. Uh, he's just, he's just so sweet and just very, very kind and just, you know, he's just a bit of a nerd, but really adorable. I'm, I'm a big Ian fan. I love Ian. He's one of my picks. Oh to win. Okay. Now, if random question, because I love to ask questions. If you were on this season um, in All Stars, mm-hmm. how and seeing... Oh, ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. You ready for this question? How and seeing what, how you seeing things play out right now, how would your gameplay be? You know, I feel like I would do a lot of what I see the white people doing. The white, the, the, the big white alliances that always form together. Why can't that be us? So if I, if I were in that house, I'm definitely... Um, uh, going to link up with Tyler. And I know that some people are going to be like, oh, you're only saying that because he's one of your favorites. Well, yes, but also <laughs> he's really, really good at the game. Tyler also started off this game in a really, really vulnerable position because there were rumors that Casey and Josh were also supposed to be a part of this season and Casey would have been a lock for Tyler. Like, Casey would have been like his number one ally. But when she didn't appear in the season because allegedly she got corona, we don't know. That's alleged. Don't take my tea for that. We don't know what Not happened. Coronavirus! Yes, we don't know. We, we don't know. Allegedly, that's what happened. Okay. But when she didn't come onto the season, he was kind of like just floating. He didn't really have a rock solid person. So I would have definitely tried to be that person for him. And of course, I'm going to link up with Devon because Devon, as as messy as a player that she is, she likes to collect <laughs> information. She likes to know what's going on in the house. And I feel like she just needs one person to be able to bounce ideas off of some person that she can trust and actually be, you know, a, a sounding board for her. And her and Bailey are sort of, you know, they have that thing together, but they're already big targets. So it's like, no matter what they do, even if they do have all the information, they need power or it's going to be a wrap. So I'm right. definitely linking up with other people that need a Roxalette ally. So that's Tyler. And definitely got to look up with Devon because she's always going to get all the tea in the house. So I'm definitely going to try and play the game where I'm able to be friends with everybody trying to get my hands in a bunch of different alliances, trying to make sure that all my bases are covered. And then from there, now that when I'm sitting pretty, I'll be able to choose which one of my allies are the strongest and which one of those actually are there for me. And then the rest of them can go out the door one by one. Would you be bold enough to have an alliance with Bailey, Davon, and David and maybe even Kevin? I would definitely uh, try and get us all in a room at some point or like separately speak with each and one of them and, you know, try and lock something down. Because of course, like, I mean, I would, I would, I mean, I feel similarly to Davon. Like, I mean, we know how we do in this game and it doesn't always work out that well. And I'm not saying that we have to make it all the way to the end together. I'm just saying that I'm going to do my best to make sure that you guys are safe. And if something pops off, you'll be the first person to know. I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that votes go a certain way. But if they don't, that's fine. But like, I'm definitely going to like try and look out for for my people because I mean, yeah, like that. I mean, this is a historic moment anyway, because we don't ever get four black people in one in one season. This is the first time it has ever happened. And I feel like that, you know, I feel like that should be celebrated. 
So definitely, sure. most definitely. Uh, okay, Ooh. but you gotta I, be, you gotta be covert. You know what I mean? Yes. Because they're gonna put us together anyway. So I would right. try and be as covert as possible. I don't want to be in the same room at all times with them. Like, but I'm definitely gonna be speaking to them. I'm not gonna be ignoring them or any shit like that. Like, you gotta you gotta look out for each other because if you look out for them, they look out for you. You know. So, okay, my last hypothetical question, because you answered these really, really good. So, and you're, you know, my BB Almanac. They already link us together because how we look. Would you say that that is a deterrent? Or would you say, like, oh, well, like, they're already going to put us together, so we might as well, like, work. Like, how does that translate in Big Brother? Because I know, like, on Survivor, a lot of the times, if they think that I know from several people that I've talked to that they've always, if, say, they were closer, uh, they had an alliance with somebody that was, like, you know, a a person of color, they always tried to keep it secret. Like, they were like, okay, I'll give you the tea, I watch your back, you watch my back. But it never, we've never really seen in Survivor, like, Mm -hmm. uh, a person of color alliance in charge and they always were like we want to keep this on a hush now do you think yep. that is how you would want to operate or do you think like well listen you already think we're going to be together so listen I'm going to just let y'all know or is that bad gameplay in Big Brother as well too it's hard because I feel like there's multiple layers to that because yeah you're right there are people that are going to they're going to group us together already because of us having something in common right but then you have to know well how does the other black person feel because if they are the type to be like oh i'm not going to do the stereotypical thing i don't want to be linked up with the rest of the black people they might not want to be on that type of time or the type of energy so i really feel like i would have to scope out how they feel first like screw what everyone else is going to say because they're going to say whatever so i feel like my biggest priority was just making sure that they feel comfortable with me and i feel comfortable with them um but i definitely feel like it behooves us to work together because if they put us together anyway then right you know what's what's the harm i just feel like you just have to be smart about it because smart unfortunately we don't get the same you know leisure that they do because they can link up and it's not because they're white it's just because they're linking up you know what i mean but if we link up it's because we're black so right i mean we might as well so i mean yeah i just i just have to gauge how the other person feels to be honest Okay, and then my last hypothetical Ahmad Big Brother 25 All-Star, because mind you, first of all, it's going to happen one day. Maybe, uh, you know, Big Brother 35 All-Star, you're going to be on here. And then, mind you, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to set, I'm, I'm, I mean, all right, maybe 27, okay? Because we're going to get you, you're going to be on there. And I'm going to have to set my live feeds up in my shower so I can watch your crazy ass and see what the hell you're doing. <laughs> Do you, if you are on this season, hypothetically in the casual tea of the Purple Pants podcast, yes. would you feel like in Davon's position would you want to protect david or would you be like i have to do what's best for my game see well like i said it's such a weird question because it's really not like keeping okay okay so here's the thing here's the thing with davon in that vote right she was never no matter what she was going to do she was going to be screwed she was never going to be able to get the votes for nicole because the numbers were just not in her favor right numbers that they thought that they had they don't really have like some of those numbers are part of the big alliance to which she thinks that she's good with. Um, and if she keeps David, they're going to say it's just because he was black. So if I, if I were Davon, I would make the push to keep David because that's what they expect me to do anyway. So I want to keep all of the people that are against me thinking that my predict my, that my behavior is predictable. And on top of that, my that her her alliance, the one that she thinks that she's really good with, wanted Nicole out anyway. So you're not showing your cards because you get rid of Nicole. A lot of people were saying Nicole was better to keep, but the votes just weren't there to keep her. So you might as well 
play ball with your alliance, your alleged alliance, vote their target out, and then you know you just kind of then you at least have some sort of like way to bargain and ease your way back into the alliance. Problem is that she doesn't think that she has to do that. She thinks that she's in good. But I'm definitely keeping David in the house because they think I'm going to do it anyway. So why not? Okay. Oh. Okay. That's <laughs> good. Good. I mean, good way to think of it. No, and, see, I, I love and that's the thing. And I'm glad that you're asking these questions because that's the thing that people don't think about. Like, a fans just see Devon and they see her talking about oh, African Americans, da 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 da, and they think it's just like it's simply that black and white. But no, there are so many right. layers to this. And no matter what she does, she's going to get critique from people in and outside of the house because if she votes David out, then it's like oh my god, I can't believe that you, an African American woman, would have voted her out or voted him out like she like it's like no matter what she does she's going to get some flack and i feel like uh non-poc don't necessarily have that same amount of pressure and like right. I think that you have to take that into consideration it's not you can't just write Davon off that that easily like it's not that simple it really wasn't if it were then she wouldn't be waffling and crying and going back and forth on it you know what i mean there's a reason that she's that she feels a certain way and you can't discredit that because you just want to watch a game this is part of the game y'all it okay. the breaks all right, stop. Because now you, I now got another question. Who, in your opinion, is a better BB player, Bailey or Devon? Right now, Bailey is better. Um, her social, <laughs> her social game is. I know it pains me to say that because Devon is my favorite Big Brother player ever, just ever. And I know that that sounds really surprising to a lot of people, but she just is. Um, Bailey's social game has just been better. She has been talking more with the right people, the people that are in power. Um, she is just a little bit more open. Um, Devon can have this thing where, like, if she's in a group, she'll sort of, like, quiet herself because she just likes to listen and observe. But because this is her third time on the season, and because we all know Devon as this very opinionated person, when she's not talking all the time, you're like, oh. What's going on? Right, and, right. Were you gathering information? Right. Right. So it makes her look a little suspicious, more suspicious than they already, you know, are going to make her look anyway. Um, so it just makes her look a little bit, you know, just a little, just a little right, out of character, out of character. Yeah. So you would probably say something that that is probably one of her biggest flaws and that she probably should have worked a little harder on that this season or continue to work on that by like, get, like being able to get tea, but also being able to like kiki. Yeah, I think that if she would just inject a bit more of her personality, um, and, not, and not to say that it is completely gone, she's certainly not, you no, know, right. not talking at all. She's certainly in the house, like, you know, having a good time. But, you know, as far as when it comes to her alliances, because those are the ones that, unfortunately, you, you would think that the alliance would be the ones that trust her. Those are the people that don't trust her right now or are having, like, a little bit of a, a hard time gauging her interests. I would just hope that she would be a little bit more open with them. But, like, I mean, she was on the live feed last night saying, like, I don't trust any of them. So, like, it's hard for me to really, and for good reason, because they want her ass out next. So, Right. It's just it's just hard because before the critique was in her last season, it was like, oh my gosh, she's too loud. Her mouth is too big. Now when she's trying to temper herself, she's like, oh, she's too quiet. She's like, what do you want from the girl? Like, <laughs> she's trying. She's really, really trying. And it's it's so, it's frustrating to watch because, yes, I agree that there are certain things that Devon could be doing better. But at the same time, I'm like, I can't imagine like what she must be thinking about her own game because she has all this shit that she has to juggle. And it's just, it's just unfortunate. It's just really, really frustrating. <sighs> It's a lot. Lots to unpack. A lot for us to digest. 
But as always, thank you so much for this, our casual tea. Can I count on you next week to come back and bring us some more tea? And I promise to keep my hypothetical questions at at least 30. Oh, no, I love the hypothetical questions. So you can keep those coming and you can, of course, expect me back next week. Hopefully next week is a little bit lighter. Hopefully um, maybe Bailey will win. She's been talking about wanting to win. I mean, she's she is friends with Janelle. So if Janelle ultimately is the one that leaves, maybe that'll light a fire under um, Bailey's behind to, to win something and maybe we can see a little shift in the game and then of course I'll be back to talk about it because you know I want to talk about that so okay <laughs> listen well listen make sure you get a, a phone get a better phone case for your phone for when you're watching in the shower it don't get too wet because when <laughs> I, I was texting you your, your texts came a little scrambled so just get a better shower case and I don't I don't want to hold up too much of your time because I know you got a, a big brother schedule okay Um, but thank you so much it's been so much fun and we will see you next week for some casual tea with uh, the baby I'm on okay they don't really rhyme but next week I'm gonna have something better I'm gonna have something better I'm gonna have something better I promise I'll see you guys next week <laughs> keep business men you rolling who who rolling like a road trip so I know I told y'all I was supposed to be talking about love after lockup but listen with this road trip that windowed and dragged me on I did not get to finish my episode so I promise you guys next week I will bring you some love after lockup tea and baby we got some new zaddies on there it's a lot going on Um, but I just wanted to talk about Real Housewives of Potomac real quick because I was able to watch the episode that aired on Sunday night and baby this season is looking juicy See, so let me give you a rundown real quick. This is going to be a real quick rundown because I did get a lot of the DMs and messages saying, thank you so much for covering some Real Housewives tea. Listen, y'all know I live for Potomac, but now before I even get into that, let me just tell y'all real quick, because you know, my franchises of the housewives that I love are New Jersey, but a lot of times mid-season I fall off. I love New York, but this season I definitely fell off mid-season. I love Atlanta, and I wanted to bring up Atlanta because you know it's this drama with NeNe, whether or not is going to be on the show. There is a new housewife that they are, you know, my little uh, Instagram. Uh, I told y'all before earlier in the podcast that a lot of the tea that I get from the housewives are from like these real housewives uh, Bravo fans on the Instagram. And so whenever like people start shooting and fans are out, they'll take photos and send it to the Instagram. So we do know for a fact that Kenya is filming. We know that Candy is filming and we know that Portia is filming and we know that Cynthia is filming. And there's also a new housewife filming. So, you know, I gave you the report that Nene was in still in negotiations. She was writing all of these cryptic messages. Then over the weekend, she was writing things like, you know, you can't keep it 100 with people anymore. You can only keep it 75. So it's really alluding to the fact that I don't know if Nini will be on the next season of Atlanta and I just have to say although Nini's character sometimes is very problematic and she do work my nerves sometimes I just love me and Nini Leaks and so for me if Nini is not on that season next season <laughs> if she is not on next season I think that makes more sense I'm gonna have to hang up my Atlanta peach okay and I just came back from Atlanta but I would have to hang up my Atlanta peach because I I, I just would not be able to do it without my girl Nini alright so that's my Atlanta seat. so back to Potomac so this episode of Potomac was all about Karen the Grand Dame and I keep forgetting to uh, I want to order La Dame so after I like finish this episode I'm gonna order Karen's fragrance La Dame because I want to smell it because y'all know me I don't wear cologne I likes to wear perfume Um, but I wear anything that really smells good but Karen is moved back from Great Falls and she is in Potomac and she's having a housewarming party and so she has a one of them people that dresses up like a jesters and it's like welcome to Potomac first of all I think I should get one of them for the Purple Pants podcast welcome to 
to the podcast. So she records this video and it's supposed to be like an anniversary slash housewarming for her and Ray. She's been really open about her and Ray not really kind of on the same page and that she moved back to Potomac for Ray. But she has alluded in, in these last couple of episodes that Ray is ready to retire. First of all, Ray like 107 years old. Okay, I'm just going to put that out there. Okay, Ray a pop pop, pop pop Ray. He ready to move to Florida and end out his days. Now, mind you, Karen is older, but she's only like 50, 55, 56. And so she's still young and still like living her best life. And you know, since she started getting this real Housewives of Potomac money, her wardrobe didn't change, her style didn't change, her boobs didn't change. So Karen is looking really like delicious. And it, it, there's just a disconnect. And I, I really think that it could be from the age. Another thing that was funny is that like throughout the seasons, Karen always uh, says that she gets it popping with Ray in the bedroom. Mm, TMI. Okay. I'm, I'm good on that. I don't want to know who you she, she keep that tea to herself. But one of the new housewives, Wendy, uh, she was just like, I was surprised that Karen said that she still has sex with Ray. One, I guess for their age, but not just for their age, but she was saying that how Karen kind of like holds herself as the grand dame of Potomac. And so if you're the grand dame of Potomac, you shouldn't talk about getting it hanky panky, lanky lanky with your 107-year-old husband. So the premise is about this party at Karen's house. So we see uh, Robin and her two boys, Cody and Carter, they meet up with, uh, ooh, I forgot the girl name, the new girl's name, Mo- not, not Monique Chow, what's the girl name? Wendy. She meets up with Wendy and I'm really kind of, I be I don't know about y'all, but when new housewives come onto the show, I'm always so skeptical about the housewives. Like, I'm like, do I like her? Do I not like her? Whose side she gonna be on? And she's coming on as Candace's friend, but she's seeming to like be more neutral. Not that I don't like Candace, but sometimes Candace works my nerves. So, she meets up with Robin and I'm really liking her and Robin's connection. They went to Howard University, HU, uh, and they are bonding. And Wendy tells Robin, cause you know, Robin was like, child, she, Robin ain't went to casualty. Robin wanted to see. She's like, so what have you heard about us so far? And Wendy explains to Robin that, you know, uh, Candace said that Giselle's a monster. And so, and so then that becomes a point of contention because Robin, so Wendy tells Robin, then Robin then tells that to Giselle. Um, and Giselle confronts Candace at, at the Grand Dom's party. So I mind you, I'm jumping all over the place. Baby boy's wetting his whistle to a little coffee. So just go with me. So Giselle confronts Candace about that at her, at, uh, ooh, it's Chalek. I can't even talk, y'all. So Giselle confronts Candace about the monster comment at Karen's housewarming anniversary party. And Giselle is really upset about it. But here's the thing, though. Now, don't get me wrong. I love me, my Giselle. I love Giselle like I love Nene. But Giselle, you are messy. Like, you should know that. Like, so you shouldn't take, like, girl, you can dish everybody's tea. But when it come back to you, then you got a problem with it. So Giselle and Candace get into this little argument. Then they're able to kind of, like, reconcile. And they're just like, okay, we'll keep it cute. Our friendship is good. And Candace is like, yeah, on the surface. Huh. Hmm. Catch that scene. So that's kind of where Candace is at. Candace actually meets up with Ashley this episode to talk about their beef and feud. You know, when Candace was tweeting Ashley back and forth, calling her trash while literally Ashley was delivering her baby. Uh, so they went out. They had a disagreement. And the one thing I have to say is that I like about Ashley Darby is that first two seasons, she was messy as hell. She was getting everybody business, you know, trying to, you know, maintain the housewife status. But then round season three, her life came into the center and she didn't really like everyone talking about her. So I think Ashley and she's a mother now. So she's got a better understanding, but I still believe messy Ashley is there. So she didn't really like the way Candace was coming at her. Although Candace was coming at her, like how Ashley was coming at Robin season one or two, but hmm, that's only for the real Potomac fans can know that. But they disagreed, but then agreed that Candace was wrong and she apologized for how Ashley could have took it. And so they kind of agreed to move on a little 
little bit, which I'm glad I, I want to see Candace in a good place with Ashley. Then we see Giselle. Giselle is like in dance class with her daughters and Giselle really is having a hard time because Giselle is back with her ex-husband, Jamal Bryant. Peter, Peter, uh, I think first season two, she said he was a, a cheetah, cheetah, pumpkin eater. Um, and he is a well-known pastor in Atlanta of a mega church. And there are a lot of rumors out there about Jamal keeping his holy penis in his pants. There is even a rumor at the start of the season that he had another child that was like, you know, a, another woman came forth in the congregation and said that it was as a child, allegedly. However, Jamal and Giselle have shut those rumors down, but I can guarantee you those rumors will pop up at the reunion. Mark my words, Purple Pants Posse. So Giselle is back with uh, Bryant and uh, Jamal Bryant, her husband, and her girls, and this is their biological father, they're not really here for it. They've grown up with their parents divorced and they kind of sort of like their mom with their mom and their dad with their dad. So they're just not used to kind of like being in a home under two parents or they're not even living together, but they're just not used to the idea of their mom and dad dating again. Now me, someone from a divorced family, like my mom divorced my dad when I was a child and I couldn't imagine what it would be like if my mom had got back together with my dad when I was 12. So I can kind of relate to the girls on that side of it. However, Giselle kind of it's hard for Giselle because Giselle is like what kids would not want their parents back together? I don't understand it. So then Giselle's friend Cal kind of sort of breaks it down to her like, girl, these girls are, you know, in your corner. Like, you know, they think they did cheated on a mom and so they want to protect their mom so Giselle kind of sort of like gets that under her head a little bit and so what else did we got going on then Monique and her husband with her three kids and you know Monique's when she first came on she had the three houses she was you know the perfect wife child we've seen this character time and time again okay Tamara Judd uh what's the girl Alex from um from Tamara season as well like you know this character that comes on a newbie it's got a husband who's got money they've got kids and they like live this perfect life even kind of sort of like Portia in Atlanta. They start off, oh, I'm so, I'm so perfect. I have the perfect life. And then as we get into these seasons, we really start to see some stuff. Now, we've already know that there is word on the street that Giselle has told us that Sharice has saying that Monique's trainer is boink boinking and that has really caused problems in her marriage. Although Monique says it's not true. On this episode, we see uh, Monique and Big Boy kind of like having a date night and Monique saying like, you don't woo me anymore. Uh, we don't go on dates. And then her husband. So Monique basically says, I've got issues in this relationship. Um, um, like, you know, you don't, you know, you, you used to cook for me when I was pregnant. We used to go on dates. And his response to that is, we used to do stuff that I liked, uh, essentially alluding to sex. I'm like, well, damn, is the sex all about your relationship? Mm, to me, that was a very telltale sign. So they, you said they were going to work on it and get better. But I just, we don't normally see Monique and her husband fight like this. So I'm like, hmm, is this the, the Bravo curse starting to rear its ugly head? And now Monique's got three children. And another thing that he alluded to was like, um, I'm paying for it. So get the help that you need so that you can live the life that you want and so although I don't like Monique I really was here for what she was saying that like it's not about the money like what I'm saying it's about like the time that we spend together so then we get to the Grand Dom's party, which is super, super cute. But uh, I thought it was so funny that a lot of the housewives picked out were like, well, one, if this is a housewarming or anniversary party, why in the invitation is your husband not in there? Okay, where where he at? You know, it just seems to be all about Karen. And she keeps saying, Karen will always say, my children left the house. First of all, Karen... 
to my knowledge, Ray don't have no kids. You had a kid before Ray who was like 15 when y'all met. Then, you know, you had a baby like five years later. That son went off to school and then you had your baby Raven. So you keep saying like these kids, girl, you only had one kid and, and Raven been a teenager for like the last 10 years. But okay. So, and that since Karen is all about LaDom now, that Ray doesn't really know how to take her. So, but a lot of the housewives were like, well, girl, ain't nothing about this party for Ray. And so like she had Kay on top of like the wine glasses and stuff and people was like well girl well where's the R if the K's there so the housewives got together it was kind of cute and then Robin was late and everybody's like where's Robin so then Robin pulled up and she had like boxes of pizza and I was like ooh now how tacky a Robin is that and so then when everyone saw Robin coming with the pizzas Karen started cracking up then they showed a clip of last season when Karen moved to Great Falls but they didn't think that she really lived there they only thought that she filmed in that house they ordered the fake delivery pizza and Karen never answered the door and then at the reunion you know Karen was so upset about it so I Robin was making fun of that and so it was like super lighthearted and fun um and so that was really the episode Giselle and Candace got into that thing and then that was it but bang bang now hopefully next week we can have Jitsia on for this so next week it looks like they're going to Monique's Lake's house for a girl's trip it looks like Wendy and Ashley get into it but bang bang the big T on the preview is that while they're at the lake house somebody texts Candace like girl you better get Ashley baby daddy he at the strip club and then they showing photos and then Candace shows Giselle and Giselle's like ooh, rah, rah. so listen I ooh listen so I'm gonna need your tea to come help me with that tea but I hope you enjoyed this real housewives of Potomac tea let me know what you think and don't worry next week I got y'all with the love after lockup I promise I promise I promise it is time for back to another edition of Advice with Bryce. We're going to get started right now, so let's get into it. Hi, Bryce. Let me start by saying I love your podcast. It's informative, insightful, and funny. Congratulations on your one-year anniversary. I'm hoping you can give me some advice. I have an immediate family member that I love dearly, my brother. We weren't raised together, but we are very close, or so I thought. My brother hates to talk on the phone, so our relationship is mostly through text. I respect his boundary, so I don't call him, but sometimes you need to hear the person's voice and everything cannot be texted. Can you offer any advice on how I can grow our relationship while I respect his personal boundaries? Thank you in advance for help, Lisa White. Thanks, Nasir, and thanks, Lisa. I think that this is a great advice with Bryce. Um, Where do I want to start? So I think that it is important to realize people's love languages, people, how they like to be communicated with. And I think that it's important for you to realize what your love language is. And when I say love language, I mean how you like to communicate, how you like to receive love. And some people, and especially in this day and age, are texters. Some people like to text. And I am, I, I like to say, me personally, I definitely like to text, but I definitely love to talk on the phone. So I can relate to you on that aspect, Lisa, that I'm a phone person. I don't, and I've always been that way. From a young child, I can remember running home from school and I would call Barb at work. I knew all my mom's coworkers. Like I would be the person that in school, I'd be like, oh, what's your phone number? I, I want to call you. And so I always had the relationship of if I'm close to you, 
I want to hear from you. I want to talk to you. And this is some of the things that we talked about in Won't You Be My Ally with like Wendell and Rodney that like, you know, I, I like to talk. I like to see like so. And especially with FaceTime, I'm a FaceTimer. I will FaceTime you in a second. You know, I don't even you don't even have to be on the screen. So I think that it's important to identify like what your love language is and what is the way that you like to communicate which I think that you've identified in this message by saying that you are a phone person. You like to talk on the phone and you've said that your brother is more of a texter. And I know a lot of people that are listening to the Purple Pants Posse, they might have children that are texters or, you know, that they text and not call. So it's important to understand their love language. And so if they are, you know, with these millennials, everyone, everyone, everything's a text away. However, I think that it is important that you let your brother know that you want to respect their wishes of texting. But at the same time, it's not just I respect you and that's 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 it. They also have to respect your wishes and your way of preferred communication. And if that is calling then maybe and what I see a lot of people doing is scheduling calls so Jitsia you know from season 28 Kagiyan she and I kind of sort of went through this right after Kagiyan because I, I would reach out to her and she was so busy and at the time she I believe worked for uh, national security so her schedule was so hectic and Jitsia would send me emails and I remember one day calling her and saying like girl I'm not really feeling the love uh, I like I call you don't call back and Jitsia Jatia had to let me know, like, Bryce, I am so busy. I just got married. And I I can't remember if she was pregnant or I think she might have had her first child at that time. And she basically said to me, I don't have the time to give you that you need. However, I I don't want to dismiss your feelings. And so what we started to do was scheduling calls. And even if it was like once a month, we would schedule a time that we could talk on the phone. Uh, And we would still, she would still email me and we would talk, but we also scheduled a time to talk. And so that was really beneficial. I know some other of my friends, they have like literally family calls that are scheduled like every Sunday that all of like their immediate family gets on either a Zoom call or a FaceTime and they talk. So I think maybe one of the ways that you could uh, kind of broach the situation with your brother is maybe text them saying like, hey, what are you doing Tuesday at eight o'clock? I just want to like talk on the phone for like 20 minutes. And that way. If your brother does not like to talk, I don't know what his reasons for not liking to talk on the phone. I know some people are, they they just don't like to talk on the phone. Some people are just more texters. Some people get anxiety about talking on the phone. You don't really know what the motives are. So one, I think it's important for you not to take it personal because I think a lot of times we as people are in our feelings and we internalize what someone else says to us and it may not have anything to do with us but I think it's important for you not to take it personal uh with them just texting but saying like hey on Tuesday can we have a wine and chat and FaceTime them or call I don't know if y'all got uh iPhone iPhone or this family member might got an Android I don't know child because you know I I don't deal with the Androids but 
suggest a call like that and just say something like 15 minutes or something and maybe for you give it uh, give yourself an itinerary like you know if it's something that you want to talk about then like maybe not text it but save it for that phone convo another thing that you can do that I've gotten from my girl Nora from season 39 is Nora sends audio notes um, and again I don't know if you got iPhones uh, but on the iPhone you literally can just hold the button down and send a message and that might be a good way of you guys communicating so it's still kind of a form of text but you get that interaction that you are looking for uh, because it sounds like you're kind of like me I, I'm a, I'm a physical person I like touch I like smell I like to hear I, 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 I want to know that and so I'm kind of getting you are like me in that sense So what the audio message is, is a way for you to kind of sort of get that glimpse, but it's still being in the text. And so that way that might be able to boost the communication up a little bit more. Uh, Another thing that you could do is have an open conversation with this person and really taking yourself out of it which sometimes is hard for me, I know personally, but really explaining to this person, your brother or whoever it might be that, who you know, my purple pants, bossy, whoever this could be in your life and explain to them. And even if you might've had the conversation before, um, but just really putting the conversation into context that like, I just, I love you. And essentially what you're saying is that you love this person and you want more contact with them. And I don't think that, anyone that's in your life that's close to you that you love I if, if that's the message that you're trying to get to them then they'll receive it it's just in all how you deliver it and so you just have to be tactful with what you're saying but I think that having that conversation is important and really kind of like letting yourself be vulnerable and not reacting to whatever they say and so I think it's huge for us to be vulnerable to people But we also have to be careful that what their response, it might not be what we want it to be. We don't have to take it negative. Now, let me say that again, Purple Pants Posse, because listen, that's something that I have to work on in my life a lot. When I let my vulnerability down or when I'm open to someone, I have to be open to the fact that however they might receive it, it might not be how I want to receive it. And that's not a bad thing that it like, you know, that it's a, any relationship is compromised, give and take. But in order, you've got to be an active listener as well as being open and honest. So I think having a conversation with your brother saying, hey, I miss you. I love you. I know we text because that's your thing. But I would really love it if we could maybe try to just get on the phone a couple of times. And I know it might be awkward in the sense that like you're having a conversation about getting on the phone, but it leaves the door open. And maybe you start to call. Not a lot, but maybe once a week. And literally, the phone conversation could be 45 seconds. Hey, what's up? What you doing? Where you at? How's your girlfriend? What's your dog? All right, I got to go up and call you back. But just doing little things like that and getting bite-sized conversations. And that way, your brother might be more open. Like, oh, she ain't really want nothing. Oh, okay. And so that way, again, opens the door. So I think that this is something that a lot of people and especially in this quarantine time are dealing with. So I think that this is definitely such a great question, Lisa, and I I hope that I I answered it. And so just to recap, I think that you should try to schedule a call. You know, text them and schedule a call like, hey, can we talk tomorrow at 830 or Thursday? Maybe give them a couple of days so they got time to digest, because I know sometimes people tell me something. I'm like, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. So maybe a couple of days in advance. 
Also, you can start sending voice audio messages. So that way, even if they reply in a text, you can send an audio message like, ha, 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 LOL, you crazy, bro. Oh, my God, I can't take you. What you eat for dinner? You know, something like that. And so it's kind of like, you know, change the dynamics a little bit. And my last advice is to have an open conversation. Maybe schedule a time to talk and say like, hey, it's just something I just wanted to like talk about because I, I feel that, you know, I'm a big proponent of self-reflection and, you know, talking about things. And, and if you're not happy in a relationship, talk about it. So I think that if you schedule that phone conversation with your brother to talk about how you feel, no matter if you've had that conversation before and allow yourself to be vulnerable and really figure out what what it is, the message that you want to get across to them is that I miss you and that I want to be closer and that I want to have more contact with you. I don't think that they won't receive that. They will have to receive it because essentially you're saying, I love you and I want to see you more. And I think that it could, it would be well received. And even if they say, well, I'm not a phone person. You just say, well, can we take baby steps? Can we do five minute conversations? And again, I know it might be awkward at first to have a conversation about having a conversation, but then it's about your action steps, implementing that, calling them, not blowing them up. But once a week, maybe once every two weeks, and then that will start to become a normal occurrence and you can kind of build off of that. But again, I think the most important thing uh, about any of the advice that I gave you is to not take it personal. Everyone is different. Everyone receives information. Everyone does things different. So you can't put your standard of love language onto someone else. It's just it's not fair to the other person. So it's important not to take it personal and it's important for you to be aware of your love language and how you communicate and understanding their love language and how they communicate. And you, I I don't think that it's a fair relationship if your preferred love language is actual contact and hearing the person's voice and their preferred love language is text and you are only texting them that's not fair that's not a a 50 50 relationship so it's really kind of finding that middle ground and it might be awkward at first and you might be like i want to i shouldn't have to do this but if this person you love this person enough to send me an advice with bryce so you've got to love that person enough to be willing to go on this journey with them because if you weren't willing to go on this journey with them you wouldn't be you it wouldn't you wouldn't care you just wouldn't call or text so what you're saying to me that you love this person and so sometimes we got to go think outside of the box so i really hope that that helped you so please lisa dm me back and let me know uh how you decide to implement it or whatever that you do and listen we can have a dialogue i want to i want to know because i've got people like this in my life where i struggle with that too so maybe we can bounce ideas off of each other so that is going to conclude this week's advice with bryce thank you so much lisa and let me know what you guys thought of this and let me know what your preferred communication of love is. Do you like to text? Are you a FaceTimer? Are you talking on the phone? Do you send audio notes? Make sure you tweet me. Make sure you send me a message or something. Let your baby boy know because I want to know because I, I got to work on my love language too. Well, you know, a part of my love language is I likes to be touched. Oh, oh, listen, that ain't got nothing to do with this advice with Bryce. Let me go. And once again, if you feel like you need advice with Bryce, please do not hesitate to reach out to the Purple Pants Podcast. You can contact Bryce at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week?
Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be We are on to the freak of the week. Now, mind you, you know I love my might be me, might be you, might be. It's the might be for me. I love these theme songs. So, again, huge shout out to JRC, Jason Rivera, Curtis, might be for my purple pants drops. I love them. Now, back to what I was saying. Might be. Okay, <laughs> that is going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. I'll be on the phone like, hello, might be, okay, or you got my money, might be, okay, you the freak of the week, might be, okay, <laughs> listen, Barb go call me like, there are some weird charges on my credit card, you use my, my credit card, might be, okay, <laughs> but yes. Freak of the week, baby. So listen, I got a great freak of the week. You know me. I be minding my business. And this time last week or, you know, this weekend, I was on a road, you know, on a road, a roadie road trip might be. And I had a lot of time to just mind my business and scroll through the Instagram and the Twitters. And so I happened to be on Instagram and I scrolled upon this photo that I thought was so cute and happens to be one of my all time favorite Survivor players. You know, I love me some Aris and some Vetus. I loved me Aris when he played with Sabri. And then, you know, uh, I'm about to say Battle of the Bush. Not Battle of the Bush. Might be. <laughs> no. Blood versus Water. Then Vetus came on. We met Vetus. And I loved me some Vetus. And, you know, Vetus is a zatty from the Bryce Isaiah 2020 calendar. So I just was scrolling through and I saw Aris. Not Aris. I saw Vetus. No, I saw Aris. Might be. Might be Aris. Might be Vetus. No, I was on Aris's page and Aris had posted this cute photo. And the caption reads, bathing with the Bushkowskis boys. And it is a photo of Aris and Vetus and their combined three sons. And they're all in the bathtub, and it looks like they're having a bath time party. You know your baby boy loves a good bath. And you know, I love Oris, and I love Vetus, and their sons are so cute. And so I just love quality time with family, especially during this COVID time. And just, just family memories, cousin time, brother time, nephew time. And it's just so cute. They're like in the bathtub. I don't even know how all of them are in the bathtub. Vetus got his feet like halfway out the bathtub. Oris got his hair all crazy is so cute i love it so make sure you go to Aris's page which is otis o-d-d-u-s and find that photo and make sure you tag them and let them know they the freak of the, it's not a might be they're the freak of the week oh their kids are so cute i love it now mind you the bathtub is making me miss my atlanta bath i need to take an atlanta bath so yes make sure you go and let them know they are the freak of the week baby but y'all know how what the freak of the week do to your baby boy because if we at the freak of the week then that means we are at the end of another amazing episode i just want to shout out my purple pants posse and all of our new listeners for coming along this road trip with me on this podcast 
So make sure you guys subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you get your, your podcast from. I don't know if Uncle Pookie sell podcasts out his back trunk, but if you do, make sure you guys subscribe. If you could write a review, tell a friend to tell a friend. I greatly appreciate it. Whew. Y'all, after this, baby boy needs a nap. I've been just drove for 12 hours. I had to make sure I came home because I had to make sure I give you this heat and that smoke. So thanks again for another great episode. Might be. It ain't no might be, baby. You gonna hear from me next week because it's a, it's a, it's a. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. The Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants.